Wagwan, my peeps, have you not watched Bob Marley One Love movie yet? Now's your chance. You have the opportunity to bring home Bob Marley One Love on digital now. Celebrate the life and music of an icon who inspired generations through his message of love, peace, and unity. Buy Bob Marley One Love Digital today and get over 50 minutes of behind-the-scenes footage and deleted scenes. Available at participating retailers, the movie is rated PG-13 and is brought to you by Paramount Pictures. Style, style, and style can't spoil. Welcome to the Style and Vibes podcast with me, Michaela. I'll be giving you the inside scoop on music, fashion, culture, and more from Caribbean celebrities and tastemakers across the globe, pushing our culture with authenticity and, of course, style and vibes. Welcome, everyone, to the Style and Vibes podcast. It's Michaela. Thank you so much for tuning in. So, the podcast is called Style and Vibes, and we haven't really discussed style yet. So that's exactly what we're doing today. Well, more than style, we're really talking about fashion. September is a huge fashion month. There are fashion weeks across the globe that are happening. New York Fashion Week, London, Paris, Milan. Of course, the September magazines are featuring all the fashion trends that are happening. And specifically this September has been significant because we have had more women of color being featured on different covers than ever before. So big hand clap to all the powerful women who are kind of doing their thing and really just representing. And September is significant to that. And I think it's kind of everything kind of rolling in together about the significance of women of color creating trends that are popping up everywhere and almost not getting credit for it. So I think it's a great ode to some of the work that has been done, not just by the celebrities, but the stylists, the designers, the people really behind the scenes who have been working in the industry for years. Um, I recently read an article in The Cut, which is um, an online publication about women in the fashion industry and the hurdles that they have come across. I'll put the link to the article. It was just super interesting to hear about the struggles that, you know, women of color are really experiencing. And many of them are of uh, Caribbean descent. So I think you guys should definitely check that out. Um, But on to, you know, just more about the industry itself. I don't think I can cover everything in one podcast and I really don't want to because I think fashion and style are so fluid and it definitely deserves more than one conversation. Um, But because we haven't had this conversation yet, I kind of just wanted to almost like do a overview of my thoughts on, you know, Caribbean designers, whether they be in the region, as well as in the diaspora, and more about the industry as a whole. So no one particular designer. Um, In future episodes, you know, I definitely hope to have some more people from the industry really join me on the conversation as I think we are in a unique space um, and we're continuing to grow in a way that is really about not just creating an aesthetic, but really buying and 
it's not just us buying. It's the world really buying into what it means to have a Caribbean aesthetic. I mean, the idea of resort wear is really kind of what we do naturally. So just really talking about the the Caribbean aesthetic and what is that. And I think um, if you, it's very different from if you live in the region or you're from the Caribbean versus if you're just vacationing there. I think for a long time we're associated with like swimwear and bright colors and really, you know, vibrant patterns. And we are those those things as well, but we are also, you know, chic and very uh simple simple but not basic um in the design and the quality of what you're getting it's literally handmade so there's a certain amount of love that really goes into the actual process because most of the designers are not just the designing the pieces but they're creating them by hand so there's a certain level of love that kind of really exudes when you wear a piece that is made by a Caribbean designer. I think that's pretty much one of our biggest strengths in terms of we have a plethora of talent in the region as well as the diaspora. And we are just making huge strides to market and, and appeal to consumers. I mean, the creative direction of some of the uh, promotional material is just stunning just from the set the photography the styling and so much really goes into taking pictures for your pro of your products um, in different settings and I think the backdrop of the Caribbean is you can literally stand anywhere and kind of just take a picture and it looks aesthetically pleasing um, but when you kind of add some effort and some creative direction behind it it creates a visual that is amazing. So I think digital has really, especially social media, has allowed um, for us to see that on on in real time. Um, so we don't have to wait for magazines to be distributed to see what's in, what's trending, what's happening right now. You can really see what is going on, what are the trends, literally at the click of a button. And I think Caribbean designers, creative directors, and, and, really, and, and the stylists are really honing in and tapping into social media as a driver to create marketing appeal to like mass consumers and people overseas. So I think that's an amazing thing that we are doing. So we're not short on quality and definitely not short on the marketing appeal of of the products and, and the pieces that we have across the globe. And speaking with a lot of designers, I really think that the quality is there. What they're really short of is the mass production. So the ability to create uh, pieces at a level that people can really just buy. Um, again, having things that are handmade, it takes time to produce those. So having the resources in the region to really be able to create because not only are you competing with those within the region, but you're also competing with, you know, designers in that can produce and mass produce, especially with fast fashion um, happening. And people are literally able to kind of mass produce something that they see on the runway today by tomorrow. And while that's not necessarily the the route that I think most designers want to take, whether you're in the Caribbean or not, 
because there's a certain level of quality that is missed when it comes to fast fashion. Um, you, you have to kind of understand that that's kind of the landscape that you're competing against. So I'm not necessarily sure if the exclusive few pieces is what really works for the region. And maybe we could just continue to tap into that or if it should be the ability to mass produce these these products. So it's kind of something that I'm interested in exploring even more because maybe where the the industry where it's going it's it's not designed to create fast pieces all the time for everyone and it really is more or less about having a limited amount of pieces, a limited edition in order to sustain as an industry. And for many designers I think that that works in sustaining themselves as designers, because it also puts less pressure on them to kind of mass produce products by hand that they really just don't have access to. So even if we're like really tapping into that, and I'm seeing that more as a trend, like, you know, it's sold out and once it's done, it's done. And it kind of also gives the person who bought that piece the idea of, oh, this is pretty exclusive because there were only maybe 10 pieces that were created and I and I got one of that 10. So at least you, you know you have a certain level of exclusivity um, around a certain piece that you buy from a particular designer, which is kind of interesting. So I think that that will continue to be either a challenge or I think the designers are really going to tap into that and really play that up like as the exclusive, like it only happens once and I'm not making it again, which is pretty interesting too. It's also a great marketing tool if they use it properly. So I think it could really go either way. It just depends on the designer and the vision of what they have for their brand and their products from a long-term perspective. The biggest opportunity that I see for Caribbean designers, and we see some of it, but not a whole lot of it, is really just celebrity styling. We have so many celebrities that are calling out designers that, you know, probably wouldn't, you know, um, fit with their aesthetic. So we call out a lot of luxury designers like Gucci and Fendi and, and, you know, and there's nothing wrong with liking those brands, but there are so many talented um, designers in the region that I really wish, you know, more celebrities of the region and not even of the region the designers can definitely reach out to people overseas you know who have a Caribbean connection to to kind of share their pieces you know Samantha Black is a New York based designer but she's um, of Caribbean descent she her family's from Jamaica and she recently styled she sent you know pieces to you know Beyonce stylist and she ended up wearing it so that you know ended up kind of having more traction for her as a designer as well as you know her pieces it creates more of a demand when celebrities wear the designers and you know shout them out in terms of them being able to um, get the credit of who made the suit or who made the dress or who made you know the piece that they're wearing Um, and I think we're gonna see I hope really hope to see more of that. Um, So most, you know, Carlton Brown, he designs a lot of the suits for the men in, 
in dance hall and you can always tell when it's a Carlton Brown suit and you know they all you know when they're speaking in interviews and when someone asks them about who they're wearing they're like Carlton Brown, Carlton Brown met me things. So I think it's interesting and if we could do more of that on a on a regular basis so it's not just a suit for you know a particular special event but it's like t-shirts and sneakers and jeans and hats and all that kind of stuff so I think that that has opportunity to grow and I think that that comes with collaboration between a celebrity stylist and celebrities themselves really connecting with the designers as well as the designers making pieces that are fit uh, for the Caribbean celebrity aesthetics. Another opportunity that you know Caribbean designers have is just the size availability. Sizes matter. Women and men of all sizes matter. And while you know it's beautiful to have someone who is slim and trim in your clothes. Um, there are women who just want to wear the products and it fits them and it, it's they feel like it's made for them. I think um, even plus size fashion has come a long way um, globally that I think that Caribbean designers definitely have an opportunity to kind of expand their sizes um, for the most part because a lot of times even in me wanting to support a lot of designers like I see it I'm like oh well I don't really have the body type to wear this so I'm automatically going to dismiss it Um, or in if that's not the case really say that you know this fits this model but we can accommodate XYZ sizes. I I very rarely see that accommodation for the varying sizes outside of the very petite and slim. So I think it's a huge opportunity that we have, not just in the Caribbean um, and, and Caribbean designers, it's really across a lot of different designers as well. And, you know, being able to kind of reach everyone Uh, And everyone is not your demographic. So I don't want, you know, that to be a thing of you having to reach everyone, but having all the different size availabilities. I think that that matters because most women just want to feel good in their clothes. And if you have women, you're kind of missing out on on a whole demographic if you don't cater to to women of color who are a little bit more voluptuous, a little bit more fluffy, you know, have a little you know, size pandemic, you know? So I think it, it, it would be it would be a great opportunity to really just expand in that space and just visually represent that in, in the marketing materials that we see online and in person. Um, and even at some of the fashion shows that really happen in the region and throughout the diaspora. From an industry trend perspective, I'm seeing a lot of pop-up shops, which is amazing. I think pop-up shops are great to really test some of your products. It allows for people to um, feel your clothes and understand how it might fit and really for the designers to interact with their customers um, on site. And, you know, pop-up shops are less expensive than doing a full-on retail store and I see this happening a lot more and even like um, marketplaces 
where there are a number of Caribbean designers and or, you know, accessories designers. I went to one when I was in Trinidad where it had all these different uh, vendors. And this to us really isn't a new most times when, you know, there are festivals or events, you know, the marketplace has always been a, a real huge part of our culture, just from a food perspective and clothes is kind of and accessories is no different. So I think that the elevation of creating mini marketplaces and pop-up shops is going to continue um, because it's a great way for uh, to keep costs down, to share your products, um, and to really get out there and showcase the products that you have. And for, cus- for, for consumers who want to buy, it's a great way for them to interact with the de- designs themselves, see if it would be a proper fit. And that can happen internationally and it can happen within the region. So, you know, recently Shopshari, who is based in Trinidad, had a pop-up shop here in New York. Um, so those are things that I think it's kind of like a cross the seas collaboration that's kind of really happening. Um, and that I, I would love to see more of that um, because then we can collaborate on a much bigger scale. And you'll see probably the conversion of, of um, designers uh, increase because, you know, now we have a physical you know, location that we can go to. And it's really been promoted and, and shared with, you know, people within that region. So tap, you know, the people within that region. And, and if you're going to be in the area, um, there are a lot of influencers, especially, you know, in New York, um, in big cities like Miami, uh, LA, London, you know, if you're in the area as a designer um, and you have a few pieces it, and it doesn't really take much, um, and you'll be surprised with the amount of reception that you would get uh, just doing. And now you, it's so easy. You can like run a, a, a small space and just display your products and say, hey, come shop. I want to meet you guys. I'm going to be in this city around this day. And you can definitely get some people to come out and help you help support um, the designers within the region. It even is happening here. Um, in New York as a result. So I think it's going to be an interesting uh, transgression as we continue to see more pop-up shops happen all over the globe. Another thing that I would really like to see as part of the experience when it comes to tourism is really shopping as part of the tourism experience. Most people, when they vacation in the Caribbean, they are just doing like different kind of events and or excursions. Uh, But having, you know, trips to local shops or being able to shop locally um, and not just memorabilia for like shot glasses and cups and figurines and all those things are really nice, too. But there is a huge opportunity uh, to kind of promote the designers within that space because and the and to really showcase the aesthetic outside of the traditional red, gold and green, you know, we're, we're that, too. But, you know there are other aspects to the traditional style and aesthetic of design aesthetic to, to what Caribbean people like to wear. 
And not only that, if they buy a locally made piece, take it back to their country, you know, they then become ambassadors for those designers to say, hey, I got this really amazing necklace or I got this really amazing dress from this shop in Trinidad or Jamaica or Barbados. You should go there when you visit. So I think that cross-pollination of tourism and really playing up the whole shopping piece I think some of it is there and it really depends on the island that you travel to but it I don't really feel like it's a big push or a big initiative enough for us to say yeah this is part of our experience within the islands themselves so I think it's a great opportunity that um, can be tapped into and it probably well I don't know if it's easy or not but I would like to see more of it So while I talked mostly about the industry today, there are a plethora of designers that are doing amazing work. Um, I've, I've featured a lot of them on the site as well as on my holiday shopping gift guide. Um, I've also done a nine Caribbean American designers that you should know post, all of which I will share in the show notes. Um, I'm also in the process of creating a directory of sorts. Um, So I would love to hear from all the Caribbean designers. Please send me an email about your your, um, brand as well as any kind of information. Share this with someone who you know is a designer and we will definitely get that up and running very soon. So send your emails to info at styleandvibes.com dot com and we will get it and our team is kind of working on a directory um, of fashion designers some of them kind of exist um, but I think what I'm going to break it out in is how it is custom if, if you can buy a piece online and, and have it shipped to you internationally and or if it's more of like a custom make kind of thing And designers, please, please, please have a website. I know Facebook is amazing. Instagram is amazing. And a lot of conversion happens in both spaces. But your website is your online resume. It is if if Facebook shut down, if Instagram changes, algorithms change and you can have no control over that. So having your own landing page is huge. And while it might feel like a cost and a, uh, an ex- it feels like an expense and it feels like, you know, people aren't going there. It is your, our reference point to you and keep it maintained and keep it updated in terms of, it doesn't take a lot of energy to kind of just put a little push um, to share who you are, what your latest designs are, even if you can't do commerce yet. I think it's super important to have a landing page at minimum so people know who you are because these other platforms can disappear and it it won't be there and you won't be there. So you don't want to be dependent on um, third-party platforms in order to kind of showcase yourselves because anything can happen and anything can change. So having your own .com, your own page is super important. And I talk to you know people who work in the industry all the time, and that that's also a big gripe that a lot of people have as well. So I'm definitely putting together this directory. So send your email. Send your information so I can check you guys out and I'll definitely notify you when it is up. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. And please, I really want to hear from you guys about this topic because I really want to dive into it a lot more in future episodes. So comment, share, and just let me know who are some of your favorite designers? What are some of the issues that you have in supporting Caribbean designers? As Caribbean designers, what are some ways that consumers can help you and how can we collaborate? So until next time, me talk to you later, my peeps, and do it with Style and Vibes. You don't know. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Style and Vibes podcast. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, share it with your friends and family. If you want more, make sure you visit styleandvibes.com and follow us on our social channels, Twitter and Instagram at Style and Vibes. Until next time, later, my peeps.